Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. The Joyce Kaufman Podcast is being brought to you by Code Red Roofers, South Florida's leading residential and commercial roof experts. Code Red Roofers, roofers that respond. Call 844-4-CODE-RED or visit coderedroofers.com. Oh boy, I tell you, I wish that uh, Governor Mike Huckabee had consulted me before he made a particular statement yesterday. I'll get to that later on in the show, but he used an expression that when I used it, it uh, upended my life for a couple of years, literally, turned my life upside down. And uh, Governor Huckabee just used the same expression. And I wish he'd asked me first, because it probably would have been the better part of valor to just stand down on that comment. But I'm looking at the first ever joint statement on American democracy and that was issued by the, the libraries of all of these former presidents. So that's Barack Obama. Well, not all of the former presidents. Let me restate that. Almost all of the former presidents. It's Barack Obama, George W. Bush, Bill Clinton, apparently the George and Barbara Bush Library, the Ronald Reagan Library, the Jimmy Carter Library, the Gerald Ford Library, the Richard Nixon Library, the Lyndon Johnson, the John F. Kennedy, the Harry Truman, the Franklin Delano Roosevelt, and the Herbert Hoover Presidential Libraries. The only presidential library not represented in this joint statement is the uh, Donald J. Trump Presidential Library because it doesn't even exist yet. It is thought to be the first ever joint statement on American democracy and includes the ominous phrase, others see our own house in disarray. And it goes on to say, Americans have a strong interest in supporting democratic movements and respect for human rights around the world because free societies elsewhere contribute to our own security and prosperity here at home. But that interest is undermined when others see our own house in disarray. The world will not wait for us to address our problems, so we must both continue to strive towards a more perfect union and help those abroad looking for U.S. leadership. It continues before calling on our elected officials must lead by example and govern effectively in ways that deliver for the American people. This, in turn, will help to restore trust in public service. He said the, they said the inalienable unalienable rights of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness as stated in the Declaration of Independence are principles that bind us together as Americans. They have enabled the United States to strive toward a more perfect union, even when we have not always lived up to those ideals. As a diverse nation with people with different backgrounds and beliefs, democracy holds us together. We are a country rooted in the rule of law. Where the, see, this is all BS. I, I just want to point out if you haven't read it, you should read it. It's a bunch of BS. Because what they're really saying is, we're okay with democracy when it falls 
uh, in our paradigm of what we see as democratic. In other words, as long as we agree with everything, we're democratic. But the minute we don't agree, we are no longer upholding democracy. This is all about Donald Trump, all of it. And trust me, I don't believe that Nixon would have signed on to this, but whoever leads the Nixon presidential library, I don't think Reagan would have signed on to this, but whoever's in charge of the Reagan library, they are, by and large, academics and liberals. Or that's an actually, that's that's obviously misstating because liberals and academics are one and the same. And it's disgusting to me that they would put this out in view of what's happening. Because to me, the thing that the rest of the world is looking at is the way a former president is being treated. And not one of these presidents who are still alive today, from Jimmy Carter to Barack Obama to George Bush, George W. Bush, none of them have said a word about the unfairness of the treatment of the former president because they hate him. And they hate him because his first and primary concern is not with global order. It's not with the elites controlling every aspect of our lives. No, they hate him because he wants to give power back to the people, which is the essence of this republic, of a true democratic republic. Not compassion, not tolerance, not pluralism, and not respect for others. It's the protection of the rights that's paramount. So believe me, when they all jump together, you know, you could just see some of the living presidents, right, saying, oh, we got to come out and, you know, say that, like, we really hate Donald Trump, but we can't say that. So let's talk about how we really love democracy, even though I'm a Republican and you're a Democrat, even though we flew around on airplanes together like, uh, you know, the Bushes and the, and the Clintons and the Obamas and the this one and that. You know, these people are all the power elite. And they don't care one whit about what happens to you and me. They don't care one whit about human rights. Because if they cared about human rights, they wouldn't be cozy cozy with China. They wouldn't be tolerating what they see going on in our own hemisphere. But they are. You see, that's where their tolerance departs from my belief system. I'm not interested in making sure that at this stage in a 16-month-old war that we're on the right side, providing the right equipment to the right side. That has nothing to do with the welfare and the well-being of the American people. Am I compassionate? You bet. If you want to give humanitarian aid to Ukraine, okay, let the UN and and NATO and let, let all these combined forces of global elites, let them handle that. But the idea that we're sending massive amounts of weaponry means we're in a war. You don't send weapons as humanitarian aid. You send food. You send computers. You might send advisors, but you sure don't send uh, IEDs and munitions. So they all need to just shut up. How about that? 
How about my call in response to the presidential libraries joining together to talk about a healthy democracy is where is your statement about the prosecution of a former president by the current president's Department of Justice, which is pretty much losing in the polls to that former president? This is so third world, it's not even close. As a matter of fact, you know, Banana republics don't operate like this. Telling the elected officials that they must lead by example. Really? Is the example that when you leave office, you should become multimillionaires? Is that your idea of a great example? Because that's what happened to the last few presidents, right? Barack Obama is a multimillionaire. Bushes, multimillionaires. Clintons, well, they've been multimillionaires. They make it, they lose it. They have foundations. They do everything. Where is that? a respect for democratic institutions. That's nothing but greed. And I'm sick of standing by and allowing them to feign this, uh, you know, wonderful morality. Oh, we're here to reaffirm our commitment to the principles of democracy undergirding this great nation. Really give back some of that money. Pour some of that money into the U.S. Treasury. Pay down some of the debt. You don't need multi-millions of dollars in houses in Hawaii and on Martha's Vineyard and ranches in Texas. You don't need all that stuff. Put that back in the public coffers and allow the American citizens to get some relief from this massive amount of debt that you guys incurred. You want to show America as a strong country? You want us to be an inspiration for others? Then be a little more like Harry Truman and give something back. I did have to get that off my chest. I mean, I just find them so, they're just so obnoxious in their efforts to make everybody else feel little. You know, they're so important. They know what's best for this entire country. And Donald Trump's not it. Well, guess what? Half of America thinks he is it. And you know, I think it's more than half but certainly half are willing to say it out loud. And that really just disturbs the heck out of them. You see, they have already told us that he's bad. The orange man is bad. And we were supposed to just fall in line and go, yeah, you're right, the orange man's bad. We gotta get rid of the orange man. No more orange man. And instead, people say, wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute, I'm gonna look back at the four years that the orange man, who was so bad, was in, you know, in power. Because it looks to me like Russia didn't invade Ukraine. Looks to me like the little rocket man was minding his P's and Q's. Looks to me like China shut up about Taiwan. Looks to me like Canada, you know, they, you know, Justin Trudeau's a little whining, creepy guy. But all he did was whine and creep around. He didn't really do much because they had respect and fear of the leader of the free world. Now, they're sitting around, now even the liberals don't know what to do with their headlines about Biden. You know, Hunter's gonna get indicted, oh my God, I thought we put a stop to that. Apparently it might still happen, who knows? Uh, you know, I don't even believe it. But that's certainly the word that's getting out there, yeah, yeah, they're gonna indict him on the gun charge where he'll get no time. And then, they got another another headline today that really just, it made me want to 
puke over my new laptop. But I'm scared because the last time I slammed one down, I broke it. So this headline is Biden poll danger. Dems want alternative. Nikki Haley, the biggest threat. Is there a single person in America today who believes that Nikki Haley is the biggest threat to who? Is she the biggest threat to Donald Trump? Is she the biggest threat to the American people? Is she the biggest threat to Joe Biden? Who exactly is she the biggest threat to? Because I don't get it. Her campaign reminds me very much of every other failed campaign that I've ever seen where somebody said, well, maybe it's time for the women to lead. Come on. Maybe it's time for leaders to lead. And we had one. And we threw him under the bus. And then right below that headline, there it was. They're getting you ready. I just want you to know, they're warning you. CBS asks Vice President Harris the Biden death question. Are you prepared to be commander in chief? (laughs) Really? Really? How about if the American people get to weigh in on that? Because we don't think she's prepared to be the vice president. We don't think she's prepared to be anyone in any position of power because all she does is fail. She failed at the border. She fails with these uh, word salad uh, speeches that she gives all over the world. She's an enormous failure, and now they're getting you prepped. Are you prepared to be commander-in-chief? Because they want out from under Joe Biden. And they know they can't go through her. They can't go around her. They may be stuck with her. So get ready. All the headlines are going to be, are you prepared? She's prepared. I'm ready. When I took that oath, oh, come on. You know, we're not that stupid. We're just not that stupid. Or are we? Anyway, let me take a break. Don't forget to download the 850 WFTL app on your phone, on your computer, or go to the website, 850WFTL.com. You can hear all the podcasts, not just mine, but uh, Stephen Diener's, UAP, and Bill's, um, Cool Dad Rules, anything, and our shows. You can hear the podcasts of our shows each and every day. So uh, that's a good thing to have on your phone and on your computer. For me, I'm going to take a quick break. I'll be right back. So all these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAP Podcast. You just uh, watch and see how all of these, I guess you could say, stars are lining up. They are preparing us for what they want. I'm looking at an article about Mike Pence making a speech in New Hampshire at the Institute of Politics in St. Anselm's College. And he said in that speech that conservatism is incompatible with the kind of populism that Donald Trump and any candidate who's like Donald Trump speak of. 
And then he went on because now the first question that any realistic interviewer would ask him is, but you ruled with Donald Trump on a populist platform. And he says, oh, no, 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 no. The, the truth is that the Republican Party did not begin on a golden escalator in 2015. Well, we know that. But Mike Pence, do you think you could have been elected if you had run as the you know top of that ticket? Because the answer is absolutely not. Could you have been elected if you were running alongside of uh, Ted Cruz? Absolutely not. Marco Rubio? Absolutely not. No way that you could have run as anything other than a populist because that's the kind of governor you were and that's the kind of congressman that you were. You are a populist. You're a conservative, but so is Donald Trump. And for you to now say that he's not makes me think then you're not because you didn't disagree with him at all until he lost the election, the re-election. This bitterness that everybody who's not Donald Trump has towards Donald Trump is so despicable because most of them wouldn't even have the ability to get a camera to follow them anywhere. You know, for me to look at a headline today that says Nikki Haley is the real danger is so funny because I, nobody believes that. I don't care what they think in New Hampshire and I don't know what they think in New Hampshire because if they're hearing Nikki Haley and Mike Pence talk about how hard truth and conservatism, not populism, if that's what they think, well, then I venture to say uh, Donald Trump's going to be the next president. I, I hope so anyway, but they're just out of touch with reality, all of them. They have no finger on the pulse of the American people whatsoever. They are more concerned about whether or not, you know, uh, the person who gets the Mexican presidency is a woman or a man. You know, we have just we have just stopped thinking, and we're being pulled and prodded by a media that I think is clueless. They never leave New York. They never leave D.C. They never leave L.A. or Chicago. That's what they think the whole country looks like. And if Donald Trump didn't prove to them, and if Mike Pence is grappling with understanding this, the majority of Americans do not believe that Kamala Harris is prepared to be commander-in-chief. So to even posit that question to her and for anyone to take it seriously tells me you just have no clue and don't care what the America, you know, what the, what the real people, the hardworking people who go to work every day and are trying to make a living and trying to do the right thing and serving in the military. You don't know what we think at all because you really believe that anybody thinks Nikki Haley is the greatest threat to what? Maybe she's the greatest threat to the future, but 
I'm not really worried about it because she's not going to win. And I used to say wonderful things about Nikki Haley when, you know, when he appointed her ambassador to the United Nations. I said, I had dinner with Nikki Haley years ago and I was very impressed with her. She's very pro-Israel. She's very pro, um, you know, she's not one of these wear her womanhood on her sleeve kind of uh, female politicians. She's she's just smart and she's, you know, uh, knows a lot about economy and, and, and financial matters. But that's it. You know, she could be a great ambassador to the UN. She probably could go into the Senate. I'm pretty sure she could when I look at some of the clowns that have been in there for decades. But she's not a threat to any of the candidates who are currently the leaders in this election. And anybody who would write a headline like that is clueless. That's all. Not that I think that the media's clued. I think they're clueless, by and large. The WHO has a new COVID warning out for you. You knew this was coming, too. All of this stuff that's happening right now is so absolutely, positively predictable, and I predicted it all. You know, in the run-up to this election, you're going to hear nothing but COVID, COVID, COVID. And now the new variant. Oh, the WHO issues a new warning for the COVID variant. Oh, we all better get our masks. I hope you didn't throw them out and uh, don't forget to social distance. Meanwhile, you're seeing decisions in New York and all over the place where people who got fired over not taking the vaccine are now getting their jobs back. Not only getting their jobs back, they're getting all the pay they lost. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be uh, a wild ride. So get ready. All right, I got to take a break. But when I come back, I have to address my once and future dear friend, Ann Coulter, um, because, you know, it's going to be really ugly. And I know that that's what Ann wanted. And I'm sure it's what Donald wanted. So now they're having a big, uh, big to do, calling each other terrible names. And uh, I get it. You know, I get it. Both of them need as much press as possible right now. And must be coming out with a new book. That's all I can think of. Um, so, you know, listen. He, he claims all kinds, she claims all kinds of things about him. And she claims all kinds of things about her. But having known her quite well, um, she knows better than anyone that Donald Trump's not afraid of her. Let me take a break. I'll be right back. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. So apparently this uh, star of the 70s show, unfortunately for my audience, I have no idea who's in that show. Never watched it in my life. I think it was um, the the show starred, um, oh, God, I can't even remember what his name was, the one that's now married to the very beautiful actress. <laughs> boy, that doesn't help. She was once with Demi Moore. I don't remember his name either, but whoever that, I think he was, is that who it was, Ashton Kutcher? Okay, so he that's the only person I would know of that was in that 70s show, and I presume that the woman, uh, Gomez, was in that show too, right? I need my producer to help me watch, because she knows I watch nothing. Was Selena Gomez in that show too? Okay, all right, well, whatever. Anyway, Danny Masterson, who was apparently the star of that 70s show, I thought Kutcher was, just got sentenced to 30 years for a rape 
two rapes actually, that took place more than 20 years ago at his Hollywood Hills home. Now, that was, he's like the only Me Too guy except for uh, Harvey Weinstein, who's actually had to face some time. Kevin Spacey got away with everything. Woody Allen's been wandering around the universe with uh, multiple accusations, including one by, you know, his wife about him having sex with their daughter and then he married his stepdaughter. I don't know. But uh, Danny Masterson got 30 years, actually got 30 to life in prison, which I find fascinating. That's a very, very heavy sentence. Um, He's one of these people like Tom Cruise, who's part of the Scientology Church, the Church of Scientology. And apparently these rapes were with women who were also part of the Church of Scientology, not you know, other co-stars of his show. But look, tomorrow I'll talk to Derek, and if you want celebrity news and you want legal celebrity news, trust me, you get it from, from Derek. So now I gotta get back to my friend Ann Calder. And uh, you know, Ann and I are not friendly anymore, and it's not because I don't think she's entitled to her feelings, and I don't think it's because she thinks I'm not entitled to my feelings, but it's because I don't understand her feelings about Donald Trump. I really don't. Um, she's part of that bitter group that felt as though they just didn't get enough out of the Trump presidency. In her case, it was a wall, and maybe, you know, I think on some level, she probably thought she'd get a cabinet position, maybe, and he would at least listen to her recommendations for border czars and things of that nature. And he didn't. Uh, Donald Trump does his thing, and unfortunately, he was taking advice from all the wrong people. He probably would have been better off taking advice from Ann Coulter, because her advice would have been much closer to mine. But he keeps, you know, poking at her, and then I don't know what she, he thinks is going to happen because she'll poke back. And she's got a podcast that she does called Unsafe on uh, Substack. And so, of course, she went after him with the vengeance because he called her a has-been or something, a loser, you know, whatever, you know, a Donald. Ex you know, I wish that, you know, I heard the former president on with Dan Bongino. And like my big complaint about the former president is that he forgot all the little people like me who helped him get elected the first time. And he's now only talks to the big syndicated guys and the big television guys, and they all turned away from him. So, you know, I think Bongino is probably the last syndicated guy who will even interview him. Maybe Sean Hannity is the only other one, right? Of course, Tucker Carlson, but he's on Twitter. So I, I, I have my disappointments in the form of president, probably more than I let on. But when it comes to who should lead this country, I have to put aside all that petty crap. And so does Coulter and so does, uh, you know, any of these others, uh, the morning shows and the people on uh, Fox. They need to put that aside and ask themselves one question. Because I believe when you ask yourself this question, you know the answer. The question is, who is position to be the best leader for this country coming out of this nightmare of the last four years. And when I say nightmare, it's a nightmare for the average American. You know, I'm looking at another headline today talking about, oh, the dollar is strong. The dollar is strong? Maybe it's strong uh, against foreign currencies, 
but it isn't strong at Publix. It may be the longest rally in years, and we may be defying global doom, which was the headline I saw this morning. I think it was on Yahoo or CNBC, I don't remember. And, you know, the dollar is, uh, you know, having a rally. And let me tell you something, that's not good for you because it's going to keep interest rates elevated. Well, who's rallied? You know, you mean millionaires are doing better than ever? Well, they always do okay. But how are you doing? How, how do you feel when you go to the supermarket? How do you feel when you find out what your property insurance rates are going to be next year? I had a neighbor tell me that his apartment insurance was going to be $2,400 next year. And he finally was able to, you know, get us, you know, half of that. But you're talking about property insurance on these apartments, on a two-bedroom apartment that was eh, somewhere, you know, definitely less than $1,000, but certainly no way would it be $2,500. But apparently, thanks to the storms and thanks to a lack of movement in the property insurance uh, legislation and it moving very slowly through the legislature, that's what's going to be confronting people. I'm looking at people in places like Century Village. They're fleeing. They can't afford to stay. Where are they going to go? Where, where are they going to go? Because apartments are renting in Broward County and in Palm Beach County for $2,000. So what are you going to do with all these old people, people like me, who won't be able to afford to live their, out their retirement in the apartments that most of them have already paid for. The homeowner's fees go up. The taxes go up. Electricity is more expensive. Now water bills, like they're talking in Fort Lauderdale about the water bills being double because they have to put in a water treatment plant. And who do you think pays for that? You do. I do. And I, I, I ask this question all the time. I ask it of every local politician, everybody running for public office. What are you going to do to alleviate the misery that people are feeling out here. We don't need more headlines telling us the dollar extended its gains. I know that brings investors here. I, I'm sure if you can get higher rates here than you can in Europe or you can in Asia, then the dollar rises in value. The Bloomberg dollar spot index, which is heavily weighted against the euro and the yen, it went up today, th third day in a row that it went up. That, and that actually will be its eighth week of jumping up. That's the longest since they started tabulating this index back in 2005. So the rally shows that we're doing better than some of the other countries, but we're not doing very well. And that's what's so odd to me, is that you have politicians and pundits taking shots at the only person, I believe, that will restore some, you know, fiscal conservatism to America right now. You're bleeding us dry. Money being sent like we have tons of it to weapons and munitions to the Ukraine. How long do you think that can go on? It doesn't matter what the unemployment benefits claims are today. What matters is that I walked into a supermarket this week and my, I, I spent the entire time walking through the aisles with my 
mouth agape, with my chin hanging down, because the prices have gone up substantially just in a week. And I'm thinking to myself, I can get through this. You know, I have enough resources that I can afford to buy some of these things. But what is a stay-at-home mom with a husband who's making $50,000, $60,000 a year? What is she going to do when she can't even buy milk? When she's substituting, you know, beans for meat? Do people really think that we feel like, uh, you know, the dollar is strengthening? No. We feel like uh, you don't hear us at all. You don't know what we're going through. You don't know what it's like to have your rent doubled. You don't know what it's like to have your property insurance doubled. You see, it doesn't matter to uh, Barack Obama. If they double his property insurance, it's like chump change to him. It doesn't matter to Elon Musk. It doesn't matter to Bill Gates. You know, Bill, was it Bill Gates that made this big bet on Bud Light? You know, he doesn't care. He's making a political statement. If he wins or he loses, it's not going to change his lifestyle one bit. Can you imagine me making a gamble on Bud Light with what little meager, you know, investment capital I have? No way. Because it could destroy a family. I just don't get it. I just don't understand why we tolerate all this bad information. It's not that it's misinformation. It's just bad information. It helps us not one whit. We have politicians who are so enamored of their power that they could care less what you and I are going through. You know, you want to snipe at Donald Trump, snipe at him. You know, whether you're a famous writer like Ann Coulter or you're, you know, my neighbor. Go ahead, you know, free speech. I'm all for free speech. But remember that there's nobody else. I don't see anybody else who's going to be able to turn this ship around. And please, I was with many of you for the last couple of weeks telling me, but but DeSantis, but DeSantis, I have nothing bad to say about my governor, nothing. But he ain't going to be the president. It ain't happening. And his mistaken uh, soiree into this presidential nomination process was a big mistake because the future was bright for him. And now the future is couldn't, couldn't pull it, couldn't pull it. Mike Pence washed up. Chris Christie washed up. You know, maybe Vivek Ramaswamy comes out of this with something. Maybe Tim Scott maintains his dignity. He didn't have to give up his Senate seat. You know, maybe uh, Nikki Haley gets back a little public, you know, uh, appreciation or some people are going to like her very much. But for the most part, this was not the election that you chose to stake out your claim because it's an election that's going to be based on whether or not you feel Donald Trump was treated badly. That's what this election is going to be about. And you may, you can tell yourself whatever you want. But people like me, are furious. We are so angry at the way he's been treated. We don't care about, you know, uh, Fannie Willis, and we don't care about Alvin Bragg. We see them as the problem. Their cities are violent, crime-ridden cities, and they got nothing better to do than to try to take down the person who's in the lead for the nomination against their crazy guy who's all washed up just makes me angry.
it makes me dig my heels in. And these other politicians apparently don't understand what we're thinking and what we're feeling. And guess what? All the top shows, whether it's Mark Levin, whether it's Sean Hannity, whether it's uh, you know Dan Bongino, uh, whether it's Dana Lash, all those top shows are very careful about how they speak about the former president because they can't really say anything bad about how he governed. And if we're supposed to be telling you guys the information you need, I don't know anybody else who did what he did and can do what he says he can do, and I believe them. So, hey, listen, it's up to you. Coming up after me is Eric Erickson, and then, of course, tomorrow morning we begin, we wrap up this uh, week. It was a short week because we had Monday off, right? Jen and Bill will be back at 6 o'clock in the morning, followed by Brian Kilmeade, followed by Dan Bongino, and, of course, then I'll be back on at 3, if it be as well. So you stay right where you are. I've got one segment left. So, you, you, you know, I, I don't like being prescient, right? I don't like thinking up things that this crazy government and this bureaucratic state is going to do to us because they're never good. You know, I said, we're going to go back to mandated face masks. And everybody said, oh, no, we, we must refuse to comply. I mean, I, I sent out over 125 buttons, okay? So I know you're with me, but... I don't know that we could stop this. We don't have to personally get involved in wearing masks, but schools across America have brought back masks. The WHO is warning of concerning trends ahead of the winter, a dangerous new strain. Let me tell you what the name of the strain is, BS 24-7. You'll think about it and you'll get it in 10 minutes or so. The UN Health Agency estimates that hundreds of thousands of people around the world are currently hospitalized with the virus. However, the true number could be much higher because many countries have stopped reporting COVID data. Well, you know why they've stopped reporting COVID data? Because people are not dying of COVID. People are dying of lots of things, and maybe COVID contributes to some of their deaths, but this pandemic mentality that you want us to buy into again? You got to be kidding. It's just not going to happen. We are going to, many of us are going to refuse to cooperate with this. This pandemic mentality is done. It's history. It's over. It's done with. And and if you think you're going to pull it off in time for the election and therefore we're all going to get stuck with uh, mail-in ballots and all the rest of ballot harvesting and all of that jazz, I already received solicitations from the Republican National Committee to get my ballot banked, okay? We don't even have, uh, you know, a primary for a year. And, <laughs> well, a little less than a year. But they're already telling me to bank my vote, okay? So they're, they, they've learned how to play that game. That's not going to work, all right? And I just don't get it. You know, does the U.S. health agency telling people to put masks on have no shame? Study after study has told us masks don't work. Masks are not going to stop the transmission. So why are you recommending masks? Because you just want to push us around. That's why. Well, you must refuse to comply. I'm going on a speaking engagement. I got a lot of speaking in the next couple of weeks. Me, the person who said, I'm not going to be speaking anymore. I'm sorry. We're going to put a stop to all that speaking. I have nothing but speaking engagements for the next couple of weeks. And, uh, you know, I'm always charged up by them, so I don't mind. You know, I, I do, in fact, enjoy them very much. 
but uh, until the moment when I have to leave my house to go do it. That's when I suddenly say, oh, why did I commit to this? But I will be out there in plantation tonight. And of course, you know, people are either thrilled with what I have to say or they're angry at what I have to say. And that's what makes my life so interesting. So I thank you for your time this time until next time. My plan is to be back here at three o'clock tomorrow if it be his will and he delays his coming. It'll be a Friday. We will uh, get a chance to talk to my son Derek over there at TMZ and find out what this uh, you know, Danny Masterson case really looks like. May God bless you. And may you understand that all these things they're trying to get you to do are not for your good. They're for their good. You must refuse to comply. God bless you and God bless the USA. The Joyce Kaufman Podcast has been brought to you by Code Red Roofers, South Florida's leading residential and commercial roof experts. Code Red Roofers, roofers that respond. Call 844-4-CODE-RED or visit coderedroofers.com.